Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. We're going to come in with a couple quick hitters today for this Wednesday NBA slate. It is an absolute wonky mess out there right now in the last week of the regular season. There's tiebreakers. There's different playoff scenarios. There's just so many different things going on. It's making it very, very difficult to determine who's trying, who's not trying, like who's tanking, who just doesn't really care where they are at seeding, and it's creating a mess, right? So the one there are a couple things that we do know, one of which is that it looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks are going to be playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. So that's great. Um, we have that matchup. We have the Brunson-Mitchell matchup that we've kind of been talking about. It's It's exciting. It's nice to see the New York Knicks in the playoff picture. Um, unfortunately right now, obviously they are without Julius Randle, but I think that for tonight's game, that opens up a little bit of an opportunity for Quentin Grimes. So I don't, it's tough with Tibbs because like, we really don't know, like, is he going to play his starters just an unnecessary amount of minutes? Right. However, the thing is with the Knicks, I think they have to get a little bit used to life potentially without Randle. Um, we just aren't really sure how exactly he's going to respond coming back from the injury. Obviously, he's going to have a couple weeks, but the Knicks need to be prepared regardless, right? So with in regards to that, Quentin Grimes has been awesome. He had a 27-point performance last game against the Wizards. Obviously, R.J. Barrett did not play in that game. However, R.J. Barrett got downgraded a bit for today's game as well. I, I would be surprised if they even try to play Barrett today. And the thing that's been notable with Grimes is his three point shooting has been awesome. Uh, he had six threes during this last game, uh, three threes and six threes. Uh, it, the volumes up. Well, his point is three point props around two and a half at minus minus one forty. I think if you're looking to play his threes, maybe go to an alt. Um, I don't love laying that many, that much juice with a threes prop. But his points prop at 14 and a half at about even money, I think is a great play. Additionally, if we start to see some of these rotations, I think that Miles McBride might get an opportunity here. He's averaged 9.6 points per game when he's played at least 20 minutes uh, and has made one three in all nine of those games. So he's the guy that I think if Randall, like obviously Randall's going to be out, but if RJ Barrett is unable to play today against this like pretty soft matchup against the Pacers right I think that's definitely a spot where we could see a little bit more McBride a little bit more Quentin Grimes and you can kind of capitalize on some of those props I'm I'm realistically I'm not going to touch a Brunson prop uh, I think this is this would ordinarily be a smash matchup for him but I don't see a reason to play him that much and I hope Tibbs doesn't either absolutely fascinated about today though is the Raptors versus the Boston Celtics Part of why I think that this matchup is interesting is the Raptors kind of need this game. They can move, they can still move within the play-in tournament um, and potentially pass the Atlanta Hawks. They're tied in terms of record. I think they lose a couple of the tiebreakers. Um, so the Hawks are actually the eight seed, the Raptors are the nine. Other thing that's a little bit interesting about this is that if the Raptors are able to move up, then that would set up a potential matchup with the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. So the Raptors aren't don't they don't really have the luxury to like hide anything. Granted, the Celtics should in theory dispose of them 
with relative ease. But the thing is, the Raptors, I think, need to try today. Siakam's lines to me are just far too low. I know I gave out his assists yesterday uh, at the 5.5 number against the Hornets. We missed there, but it's at four and a half today. And that's a number that he has smoked on the season. He's averaging 5.6 assists per game this season, 74% hit rate on the season. And he's got seven and 10 assists versus the Celtics. Just the way that they cover him, the way that they play him. He's had tremendous success dishing the ball this year. <clears throat> Additionally, when we look at the spot as well, even his points per game is just seems a touch low. I mean, it's at 21 and a half. He's clear that in both games versus the versus the versus the Celtics this season. And I think it's just a matter of the fact that they're not really going to have or they don't really want Tatum to cover him uh, for, you know, effort reasons, rest reasons, foul reasons. Right. So you're letting him play against the Horford, um, maybe Robert Williams today. I just think that these lines are a touch low for him, especially with his pedigree and what he's been able to do this season. He's averaging 24.2 points per game and on no rest, he's actually exceeded this points line in eight of nine games this season. He's been tremendous on zero rest. So I would not be shocked to see him go over this line. I wouldn't be shocked to see it go up to like 22 and a half, uh, maybe have some plus money, but for, for this, for this particular prop, I like the 21 and a half. Um, it, it's just it's create the the way that NBA season has kind of been structured, especially with these back to backs, which is the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen in my life for <clears throat> this point in the season. I don't know why the NBA schedulers thought it was a good idea to do back to backs at this point in the season. But now you're kind of setting up situations where teams not only are they not motivated, but then they're like, well, I'm not going to run our guys out there multiple games in a row and risk any type of injury as we head into the playoffs. And that leads us to the Clippers versus the Lakers game. I bet the Clippers last night at minus 130. Um, this line is on the run, right? Anthony Davis is yet to play in a back-to-back -back set this season. With the win over the Jazz last night, the Lakers clinched at least a play-in spot. You still want to get out of the play-in just simply due to variance. Um, but the Lakers already lose the tiebreaker to the Clippers. Um, the rest of their schedule for the, re for the rest of the season, they play the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz. <clears throat> they kind of want to win some of these games because if, if the Lakers sweep, they will be in the playoffs proper. If they lose a couple, there's just there's so many moving pieces between these two teams, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Warriors, that it's tough to really say with some sort of specificity where we're going to be here. But I think the fact that they did pull out that game against the Jazz last night is going to show that the Lakers are at a point in the season where they're like, eh, you know what, we could sit this game We'll toss this game. If we lose, we lose. It is what it is. But we we don't want to run our guys. And that's the way it seems like the line is moving. However, if the Lakers do wind up playing everybody, this is a spot where I I, ha I open up a position in the Clippers because I thought the line was going to move in this way. But I, pro I would definitely be buying back 
on the Lakers if they decide to play LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell. I'll be buying back on the on the Lakers in the spot, even if I have to lose a little bit of juice. I think that they would be the play if healthy in this matchup. Part of why I like the Lakers here is over the last two weeks, the Lakers are six and one plus 8.4 in terms of point differential. Clippers are also pretty good. They're three and three plus 2.5 in point differential. But I think the Lakers are rolling. I don't really see an answer that the, the Clippers are going to have for Anthony Davis. Um, in this particular spot with Zubac and with Plumley, this is just not a good matchup for for the Clippers. And I expect Anthony Davis to really excel in this spot. I know that in the last couple games he's had against them, he's got 21, nine and three, 25, eight and zero. But then prior to that in February of last year, he had 30, 17 and two, and then in December, 27, 10 and four. So I think this is a spot where if the Lakers decide they want it, they're going to get it. But I have serious questions about how much they want this game relative to, you know, how they think they can rest and jockey for some positioning. Also, light the beam. Let's talk about that real quick. But I think that this is creating a really interesting spot in the playoffs, right? The Grizzlies and the Kings are not actually fully locked in to the two and the three seeds yet. So the Grizzlies are underdogs to the Pelicans today, um, which is a decision. But I also think that the Grizzlies aren't going to particularly try today. So it's creating this, it's creating quite the interesting line, right? At that, at that spot. Then you have the Kings that are also underdogs to the Mavericks today. And they're both, both of these games are have five and a half point underdogs. I, you know, sometimes you watch these games or you look at these lines and you're like, ah, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't really see, like, they've been so bad, right? Um, like the, the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, like there was the talk about shutting down Luca, shutting down Kyrie. I mean, they're still technically in it. They've both, or at least Doncic has expressed that he doesn't want to get shut down, but this is not a completely meaningless game for either of the Kings or the Grizzlies. And while I think that they'll, you know, manage their minutes, I'm not entirely convinced that the Mavericks are going to just win this game and just be like, oh, this is an easy game. This is an easy W for us. And same thing with the Pelicans because the Grizzlies are good. Like we've seen them win games without players. Obviously, uh, if Dylan Brooks is out or or if they decide to sit like everybody, changes the analysis a bit. But it does seem that these lines are bringing in the whole, well, these other teams need it more type of thing like this is a must-win game for those other teams my concern with things like that are generally that if you're in a position where you have to win that usually means that you're not as good of a team so I'm gonna wait for these injury reports but I don't know how I get around betting on the Grizzlies and the Kings in this spot when I just don't trust 
I definitely don't trust the Mavericks. And as good as I think the Pelicans have been, it, I think this is a particularly particularly tough matchup for Brandon Ingram, who has been shooting the lights out. But if Dylan Brooks is able to return, if the Grizzlies are like, you know what, we're just going to run our guys because like we know we have another week before the playoffs, like whatever, like we'll just we're going to play this straight up and we don't want to see you in the playoffs. Um, I think it creates quite the interesting scenario where you're getting teams that really should be favored as underdogs. So definitely two spots that I want to watch. And some of the, th- that's some of the things that I'm going to be looking for moving forward. Um, I don't want to get too much bogged down into the slate. I want this to be a relatively easy listen, but I do think that there's a ton of value to be found in looking at these lines, looking at the depth charts and saying like, all right, well, if this guy sits, like who's going to get the next most minutes, who's going to play, who is going to get that extended run. And I think that it's, I think that's a great opportunity for us as betters. It's something that you need to have your, you know, like your notifications on for. And I think that it's a spot where we can find a lot of value where we already know that there's value in spots um, and try to get ahead of it. Especially if we, if we can read the injury report and be like, ah, like, I think these guys are going to sit today. Like there's no real reason for them to play. Then there's a tremendous amount of value to be had. So one game that I think has that is the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls. Um, interesting because the Bucks, like, I think because the tiebreakers, they haven't fully locked in the one seed, but basically they would have to lose out. So I think that we'll see, you know, them still try against the Bulls to a certain degree today. But I do think that we might see some more minutes from, you know, like a Javon Carter, maybe a little bit more Grayson Allen, uh, maybe a little bit more. um, Well, Grayson Allen's out, but maybe a little bit more Bobby Portis. um, And we'll see if they decide to kind of sit a Middleton or something like that in this spot where, you know, maybe you don't really need them as much this year. So I think that this is going to be really interesting. Another thing, though, with this matchup is that DeRozan, I think, should play pretty well in this spot against the Bucs. I mean, it's a tough matchup like on paper, but they do allow a lot of mid-range jumpers, which is exactly what DeRozan likes to do. And he's averaged 39 points per game against the Milwaukee Bucks this season. So I'll keep an eye at that. I'll take a look and I'll see if I'm going to play it or not. But definitely like, you know, a little uncomfortable playing any overs against Milwaukee. But it's definitely a spot that I'm curious about. So with that, uh, my recommendation for the week is try to get outside. I've been doing some more walks lately. It's been good for, you know, the cardiovascular health. It's been, it's been a good experience out there. So the weather's starting to turn, starting to get some fresh air. Obviously this can really mess with your allergies. So also co-recommending Zizol. I'm, I can guarantee you that producer Corey, uh, will also recommend some sort of antihistamine, uh, and would co-sponsor this, co-sign it everything. So I, I I think that that's the recommendation. Just take some more outdoor walks and make sure you take your antihistamines. And with that, let's cash that.